Hello and welcome to another episode, episode 13 of Somewhat Sports, the Somewhat Sports podcast. I'm John Dennis, uh, one of the illustrious hosts of this fine program. You can catch me on uh, 97.5 WPCV uh, during overnights if you catch yourself uh, awake at 2 a.m. Hey, give me a listen. I'll, I'll be there for you. Joining me as always, Bubby Johnson. Yo, yo. John I'm Williams. Johnson. That's me. And we have a special guest today. Could you uh, could you introduce yourself to our, our wonderful audience? What's up, everybody? My name is Xavier Anglin, also known as the cousin of John Williams. Ooh, that's big, man. Big time out that's, there. That's quite the title. <laughs> you might want to drop that, a.k.a., bro. Don't do that. <laughs> 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 We're uh, very excited to have Xavier on the podcast today. That's right. That's... You're too kind, too kind. I don't know if they'd know, but we got an audience put in on the podcast. Right, yeah, live studio. Yeah, it's like a 90s sitcom. They clap whenever we tell them to. They're great. They're great emotion. <laughs> Big bright up, uh, light up signs, his applause oh. on it. Yeah. <laughs> we should go to that. That'd be nice. Anyways, uh, let's just jump right into the, uh, the sports. Uh, of course, you know, we record this podcast on Mondays, unfortunately, uh, that means that tonight <laughs> is the national championship game. Uh, hopefully, we're going to try to do a, a live stream of the national championship game so you can follow along with us. Uh, of course, by the time this uh, podcast airs, it'll already have been last night. So <laughs> hopefully, you'll catch us before then. Um, <laughs> so tune in. Yeah, to, yeah, tune in to yeah, six hours ago when we were live. Foreshadowing. <laughs> But as of right now, we have not recorded the uh, the uh, the Twitch stream. But it's going to be fun. We're going to have a good time. But based on the uh, the fact that time has not passed yet, we have to talk about Auburn, Virginia. We got to talk about Texas Tech and Michigan State. The lead up, of course, uh, to the national championship game tonight. Of course, uh, Auburn falling to the University of Virginia Cavaliers, giving the University of Virginia uh, their chance at their first ever national championship title um and auburn got jobbed that's uh <laughs> no other way to to put it i mean there was a questionable double dribble earlier in the in the it game was not a question. Not a question. it was, it was. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then that foul in the uh, in the corner which i mean you hate to see a game with with stakes like that come down to you know a guy kind of like hip checking another guy's you know shins on uh on a three-point attempt in, in the corner like that, and have the game end on 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 free throws. Um, what was that? <laughs> it's a balloon. It's is a there balloon. a duck in there? What happened? <laughs> nah, I sneezed. Okay. Somewhat sports is sponsored by Aflac. Yeah, right. Uh, anyways, before I lose my train of thought here, uh, um, D Wade. Yeah, please let's do that. Let's do that. No, let's talk about. Uh, there'll be plenty of time for D Wade talk. Okay. All right. Plenty of time for D-Wade talk, but what do, what do you guys think about that that Auburn Virginia finish? Is everyone here in consensus that uh, that Virginia was the the benefactor of uh, some shoddy calls by the referees? Yeah, at the end of the game, I think it, it hurt them the most. But you can say that refs miss calls all throughout the game, so I, I don't I don't think that you know when you when you put that last bit of the game under a microscope and say, hey, yeah, it looks like they got robbed. But there were a, a couple of calls that could have went the other way during the game. So the sure. double the double dribble, I agree with. I think they definitely missed that. The last uh, foul call on the three-point play, I think it was a foul. I think they should have called it. By the letter of the law, <clears throat> yes. But, I mean, in that situation, I mean, the foul contact was not that. Well, you, 
If I was a foul, though, you got to give them that. Can, yeah, you, in that situation, there's certain situations where you say you don't call that. And that's when you have, like, your, your charge or your block that can go either way, your, um, like, a hand check or something like that. But when you have video evidence and you see that not only did he tap him in the air, like his legs, which could alter some people's shots, but he also didn't let him land. So two, two strikes and it's definitely a call that you have to make. But how is that different from a guy driving to the lane and getting fouled and then swallowing the whistle, which happens all the time? Because it's, I think one or two is like when you're driving to the lane, you know what I mean? A lot of times you can create the contact. So th that goes back to John's, like, there's an argument there. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're driving to the lane, guy jumps straight up. It's like, you know, was it the rule of verticality? Did he come in? Did he did he give him room? Did he meet him? You know, that's questionable. I'm not going to bail him out here. He clearly got fouled. Like, and I know watching it live, it's like, oh, you, you don't want to call that just because I feel like we're programmed not to make a call late in the game. But when you watch it, it was a foul. And, like, I don't, I don't like – I'm a person who uses all of his fouls. Trust me. <laughs> so I don't like. I don't. I don't want to see guys get called for stuff like that. But when you watch, I mean, he gives them no room to land. And I think the reason he did it was because of the last play where he got where he hits the the, the three in the corner. In the opposite corner. In the opposite corner, you're like, dang, I didn't close out hard enough. So right. now I'm reacting because of how good he is. I'm reacting, and I have. I know I have to crowd him. So yeah. it's like, yeah, he got fouled. Plain and simple. But if they call the double dribble, it never happens. Sure. And I know you're going to say, like, well, you can't you can't leave up to the end of the game. And although that is true, there's plenty of missed calls throughout the game. But if you really think about it, there's a reason why we say, you know, the last two minutes, all these, these type of plays are reviewable. Because right. we understand how important it is. You can, of course, the entire game is important. I know that. Right. But you can't miss that double dribble. You cannot miss that double dribble call. Yeah. And then to give him a foul, and they didn't even foul him. Like when you watch the replay, mm -hmm. the refs called foul. He never touched him. Yeah. After that. So you miss the double, you give him the foul, and you let him draw up a play. So now instead of having to rush or, or burn, you know what I mean? You literally get to draw up a play coming out coming out of that. It's in the half court, yeah. I yeah. didn't I didn't I was upset. Auburn should have won. I picked Auburn. I was wrong. I'm sorry. So should, yeah. I mean, you see you hear this story though all the time. Like you see when these controversial calls happen in the last minute, last two minutes of the game. But then you can also look at the Auburn play and say you shouldn't have fouled them. Like you 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 guys you guys got called for the foul and you missed a double dribble, but at the end of the day you still walked on the court ready to 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 play after that. Sure. So at that point, you still got to play defense without fouling. Mm -hmm. So if you do foul him, now you send him to the line, and you got to give him credit for making all three of those shots, too. Yeah. I think they were, That's huge. Well, especially, like, I mean, there's three, three, three free throws. Two. They were down they were two. Down yeah. two. Yeah. So not only to tie, but to win the game, he made all three free That's That's clutch. Right. And he hit the shot. I don't know how long ago that other shot he hit in the Another other corner, corner was. It was, the, it was the offensive play before that. Right. It was a big shot. So you can play the game where you go, if this happened, and if this happened, but... I do. It, I do think they got some calls wrong, which could have changed the course. But what are you gonna do, man? Do you, this is a side <laughs> note, but I promise it does relate. Do y'all watch Fairly Odd Parents? Yeah, no, I did. You don't? Yeah. I did. Okay, okay. As a now, kid, yeah. I, let me let me explain where I'm going here. It was an episode where Timmy Turner wanted to be like, you know, a, a really good basketball player, or whatever. So like Cosmo and Wanda grant him these, you know, the the powers to be great. But you know, in the rules. You can't affect with like love or like the outcome of like um all you know the rules for the rules. Yeah, yeah, the rules, exactly. <laughs> and in the last two minutes of the game, Timmy Turner loses his powers. 
And when he's like, what happened? And Cosmo and Wanda are like, well, everybody knows the only important part of the game is the last two minutes. Like, <laughs> you can do whatever you want for the rest of the game, but the last two minutes are the only points that matter. Sure. If a cartoon understands this, I think refs have to understand this. You cannot miss a double dribble. It comes full circle, baby. It, it makes sense if you... Stick with me. Yeah, man. Just stay with me. That's what people really come to somewhat sports for. It's a fairly odd parents references. I really. Hey, feel. man. So tying it all together. <laughs> so, what's the time where they ha- where they allowed to go back and review no matter what? Is it like under a minute? They. Review I think it is day? the last two minutes. That could be. I'm and they didn't familiar. review it. Well, see, that's that's, that's a no call. Like, it, I think you can only review like. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, like change of possession. Yeah, and, and, certain and things are reviewable. Called fouls. They no, never called that, so they can't go back and say, mm-hmm. oh, that was actually a double dribble. Or is it ball stoppage? I think it is, yeah, is the official tough. term. It's tough. It is. NFL made some changes, though, about what can be reviewed, what can't. That's, That's true. Players. That's See? true. The game is evolving, man. But I, I don't know. I mean, you would hate to stop in the middle of a possession to go review, and then you have to like negate everything that happened after the no call. I think that'd be a little ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, Bruce Pearl can't throw like a red flag. Right. It's not what you're doing. <laughs> but again, credit, credit Kyle Guy made all three of his free throws, but you hate to see a what game a end like that. Yeah, what a guy. <laughs> I would feel bad. I used that like 10 times. <laughs> I would feel bad if I put money on that game. <laughs> You lose money at the free throw line. Yo, I, like just off of that one foul at the end. Like just imagine. Yeah, that would that would yeah that would frustrate the heck out of me. Just three free throws. So and he makes he sinks all of them too. That's the part that like I've never seen a guy like that because there were no doubters. I don't think I, I from what I remember all three of those free throws were like just like straight to the bottom of the net. Bruce Pearl tried to burn one before the third. <laughs> tried to ice him. Yeah, <laughs> it didn't work. Wow. It didn't. No. The guy, that guy, the wow. school of common collected. Get it. That yeah. guy. <laughs> Anyways, the, the the final score of that game, 63-62 in, in favor of uh, the University of Virginia, playing, of course, for their first ever national championship. Uh, and then there's another team, also very new to the uh, national championship oh, round, man. Texas Tech beating Michigan State 61 over 51. And you thought that... You the know, game wasn't that close. No, it was not that close. Um, <laughs> Ten-point deficit, you know, of course, simple math. But you thought... <laughs> A team like Michigan State with a coach like Izzo would would rise to the occasion against a team full of people who really haven't been there before, right? Can someone explain to me what happened there? (laughs) We got it all wrong, first of all. Yeah, I guess so. I think we should probably acknowledge that. (laughs) Yeah. Now now Izzo yelling at that kid looks really bad. (laughs) Nah. I was talking about the predictions because I definitely thought Michigan State, like we said it wouldn't be close, but we thought the other way. We were arguing like experience. Yeah. I think I think everyone thought that Michigan State was going to win by at least you know six or seven points. Texas Texas Tech was just tough. Yeah, Patty Mahomes yeah. being there, I think that had a lot to do with it. <laughs> uh, offense. Yeah, like no, I mean they looked they looked good, and it it looked like Michigan State was trying so hard to get back in, but every time they would make a run, like they were just exhausted from making that run to climb back in it. Sure, that it was like okay, now Texas Tech is like okay, well here comes a couple more threes, here comes some some tough pull ups. You know, and I think honestly, both teams that won really control the paint, though. Like there wasn't mm-hmm. a lot. There was a lot of shot blocking, a lot of altering shots around the rim. I mean, that was huge for Virginia, obviously over Auburn. But I did not think Texas Tech was going to. That was too convincing. Like they looked like they were supposed to be there. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't have much to say on that because I'm just shocked. Like all logic that we had as far as Michigan State winning, that went out the window. I couldn't believe it. 
as far as like the next game, who do you think? Who do you have? Because that, because because I feel like I'm gonna use the same argument I did yeah. <laughs> coming you up want, to this one, and then the <laughs> Texas Tech <laughs> might pull it off. You want to say Virginia, but you know it's March Madness, so like anything can happen at this point in time. <laughs> well, I will, I will say I will say on the front end that I heard that I don't know if it was 15 or 16 straight of the last you know national champions uh, for NCAA men's basketball was decided, but well not decided, but um, wh- whichever team had the highest points per possession ended up winning like the last 16 straight national champions, 15 or 16 straight national champions, mm. um, and Texas Tech has the higher points per possession. So based off of that, I'm going to go Texas Tech. <laughs> Cinderella story. Well, I'm going to play devil's advocate, and I'm going to go Virginia. Only because, not only because I don't like to agree with John Dennis. Right. But all, no. But really because I think it was the same for Auburn. You know, they, they, shoot, they shot the three really well. They tried to speed you up. They do. They had. They threw in some presses. What I think got them back in the game a little bit. You know, was able to go on some runs. But Virginia does such a good job of keeping their pace, keeping remaining calm. They run their offense. They run their sets. There's so many. There's so many actions going off ball as well that I just feel like they're not going to get sped up. So I think that stat with this team may go out of the window. You know what I mean? I think that's. I just. I don't know. Maybe it's the DMV. Mm-hmm. Go Virginia, baby. Oh, Virginia is gonna. <laughs> no one likes the DMV, by the way. <laughs> not when you're not when you're working we're talking with about the right license. Yeah, we're not, we're not talking about getting your license renewed. This is DC, Maryland, Virginia, baby. <laughs> Let's go, Virginia, baby. <laughs> oh man, it's probably it's gonna be a close game though. I think it'll come down to like the last two minutes, like every other game. Well, <laughs> mostly every other game did. So who do you have winning though? Virginia, because I think when. I I'm going to go they, with Texas Tech. Dang, can I finish? He's doing the podcast at me. game, okay? Mad, at me. My fault, my fault. That was my fault. <laughs> I, 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 just, I just went by Q, that's all. <laughs> Bobby was like, I want to hear what he had to say. I'm sorry. But me talking has to go over him pointing to you saying go. <laughs> nah, nah, I'm with X. He's on Bobby. Look, y'all gave me a Q, I went for it. Bobby said, your turn. Man, cut his mic so I can finish my thing. <laughs> Virginia, I think they, they're a team who, who's going to be able to make those big plays, who's going to be able to sink those free throws that they need at the end of the game right. these last two minutes. I so. mean, Kyle Guy, clutch. Can't, yeah. uh, can't argue that. Three, three free throws and probably the biggest game of his life. After tonight, he'll be Kyle Mann. Uh, Xavier, you got anything for this? <laughs> like, no, yeah, Xavier, no, please no, tell me. No, it's just, God, oh, I'm man. so thrown off by that joke just now. <laughs> so bad, right? <laughs> man, appreciate me, man. Um, nah, I'm going to go with Texas Tech. All right. I like the Cinderella story so far, even though they're like the three seed, so it's not like too much. Yeah, yeah, Cinderella. it's not like a 16. Yeah, yeah. but you know what? I just, I just feel like they just had the energy going into this game. And Virginia, they just they get kind of lucky with these close calls towards the end. Yeah, but, it's another Duke situation. Duke got bailed out by some calls. Yeah, so I right. think this is the time where Texas Tech takes the throne and Virginia just lifts up. That's but a lot yeah. of alliteration there, isn't it? Texas Tech takes the throne. That's pretty good. I like that. Ooh, yeah, that's nice. That Game of Thrones this Sunday. Yeah, that's right. Oh, wow. See what I did there? They're plugging. That's crazy. Yeah, right. We're not HBO, I need that money. All right, transitioning to another uh, little basketball uh, story here. Paul Pierce. 
<laughs> wow, what, what a is? jump. What a <laughs> Listen, I just I can't wait to talk about this guy because uh, Well, I'll, I'll let you go ahead. I'll let you go ahead, John. What do you what do you think about this? Poor guy. So you want to give the background of what he said? Yeah. All right. So Paul Pierce <laughs> goes on TV. This guy. Okay. Poor guy. Okay. He's old. He's entering his old age. He's forgetful. You know, once you get to a certain age, I can see why, uh, you know, some things might slip through the cracks as you get older. He's, he's coming out here on TV saying that he had a better career than Dwayne Wade, that he would have had all those championships and accolades if he had uh, Shaq during that same period and if he had LeBron during that same period. And let me tell you something, Mr. Paul Pierce. Okay, buddy. <laughs> you had Shaq like two years after the whole uh championship thing was it 2009 where he went to the celtics and he was terrible please do okay. not bring up that shaquille o'neal <laughs> okay i love where you were going but we are not going to bring up refrigerator out there man that white dude <laughs> oh man i get i get what you're saying though so there's so there's so there's three parts to this whole controversy because when because I, I wanted to make sure I watched it live on air because sometimes people ask questions a certain way some people put you on the spot right like, take you out of context yeah like you could be talking about the Grizzlies game and then they go are you better than D Wade oh it's already gay hold on <laughs> <laughs> yeah so there's there's three parts to this so the fact that he said he had a, a better career than D Wade the fact that at, at some point, he said that he was a better player than him. I think it, I don't know if it was the same interview or the next day when they brought it up again. And then the fact that um, he said if he had Shaq and players like LeBron, like D Wade did, he'd be sitting on five or six championships. So one out of the three, I agree with, and I agree with if he had those players that he mentioned at those times that he would be sitting on more championships than he had. But things I don't agree on are that he's a better player and that he had a better career than um, D-Wade. So I think it's very important how you word your arguments because that, that holds that's, – that's the facts that we go and gather. So for Paul Pierce to say he had a better career than D-Wade is a no. It's just it's not possible. We look at the stats. We see. We compare. We do just like Jalen Rose and uh, my girl Michelle, Michelle did, right? That's her. Yeah, when they were talking about the interview, how they go and they go down the line. These are your accolades. These are mine. Yes, D Wade beats Paul Pierce when we say who has a better career. However, I think if Paul Pierce wants to argue that he's a better player than D Wade, I think that that is where it's no longer a crazy thought. And now it's like we we got to do a little bit more comparing. I think that Paul Pierce can make an argument that he's a more skilled or better player than D Wade. I still may end up voting for D-Wade, but I think that's where we have an argument, at least. It's clear-cut who had the better career. D-Wade, no yeah, question. If, if, if you're going to go out there and say, like, I had faith in my abilities, and I think that, you know, me knowing myself as a player, I feel like if I was put into a similar situation, that my, you know, my career accolades would have been better. But, I don't know, at the same time, like, how many times was, was Paul Pierce, you know, added to the, to the all-defensive team? You don't, need a, a, you don't need LeBron, you don't need Shaq for, for some of these accolades that, that D-Wade has. You He's know? never been on it. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. <clears throat> you know, so when you look at the individual stats... You don't need some of the, you know, some of the, the talent around you in order to get some of these stats, like the scoring title, which Paul Pierce never got, 
you know, defensive player of the year or defensive uh, first team he never got like D-Wade did. So for me, it's just I feel bad for him. I do because he got he got roasted. Really I feel, bad. Yeah, I feel like, bad because you picked like the wrong player to at the wrong time. To. Yeah. yeah, at the wrong time, I feel like is more. I feel like no, it, it's less. <laughs> it's no, more feel, of him actually being better. Is no, I why I feel bad. I think it was more of, of the time because I mean this is this is his farewell and then it's the end back. of the season. Like we're all like, like yeah. the Heat's playoff chances are basically nothing. <laughs> like we, everybody's got time now, and it goes back to the you know they don't love you like they love Kobe. You yeah. once again he seems like that, and I and I tweeted the same thing. He seems like that bitter that bitter ex. You know, basketball didn't give him basketball didn't break up with him the way he wished they would have. Right. So now he's upset and he's bringing up like he's already got into it with with Draymond about that whole situation. People bring up the fact about he was kind of petty for oh no, we're not gonna give Isaiah Thomas his tribute on the day that my jersey gets retired. Tonight mm-hmm. should be about me. It seems like, and I think we focus too much on this stuff instead of his actual stats. Now to your point, I agree. D Wade had a better career. I'm not doubting that. But I just feel like we we kind of do forget about how great Paul Pierce was because of all the foolish statements that he's making. It's like he's it's like he's got too much free time. But I think he's retired. Sorry, I think he's the <laughs> only one that agrees that he's better. I don't think that I haven't heard anyone come out and say Paul Pierce might be better than him. Xavier, oh my goodness! I mean, <laughs> I agree with so far everything everybody has said thus far. But I do think that Paul Pierce is. A little outreach with his statements, like you're like you gotta understand, like you're one of the legends in the game. So of course you want to defend yourself compared to like other players. Like no legend is gonna like bow down yeah, to yeah. another legend and say, "Oh, he's better than me." Like Paul Paul Pierce has his points, but when you look at from like a fan's perspective, like you gotta see what Dwayne Wade did in his his entire career versus Paul Pierce. I think Paul Pierce, like. He elongated his career, and to the point where he should retire long. Like right, he should have hung ago. it up a couple of years yeah, before yeah, he actually exactly. did. Yeah, yeah. So people kind of concentrate on that and forget about like what he did from the day he was drafted to like his first championship. Like you forget all those prime years, and then you got all these millennials like comparing him to Dwayne Wade when they didn't really grow up seeing. Paul Pierce. Right. They got Brooklyn right. Nets Paul Pierce, not a Celtics. Yeah, Paul yeah, yeah. Pierce, they yeah. don't they don't they don't know O2 <laughs> Paul Pierce. True. <laughs> you gotta you gotta pick your arguments too. Like yeah, if yeah. you're gonna say you're better than somebody, don't don't say stuff like look up look at the stats. Cause when he said that, I was shaking my head like though you, you don't want them to look at the, the stats. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other thing was bringing up like if I had this player, if I had this player, like you may be right, but you sound bitter when you say stuff like that. Right. So, like your teammates weren't good enough when you had yeah. Kevin Garnett and you had Ray Allen. Too old. Yeah. Arguably, like, I mean, they were just past their prime, but it wasn't right, like I it was. I was say, let's, <laughs> y'all keep bringing up names like these. <laughs> like, this was big ticket KG. I mean, he was still nice. He was, what do you mean? It was. He was defensive player of the year. Yeah, but he was. He had some prime years left in the tank when he got to Boston. That was probably. He wasn't Timberwolves, but. He was pretty good. He was, yeah, he was a solid player. I mean, he was, he was good. He was playing at a Hall of Fame level still when he got to the Celtics. When they were playing in two thousand eight, he was still playing at that around that level. I'm you not, not going to say Hall of. All right, we we we'll agree to disagree. I I don't I don't think. Do you think Paul Pierce is a better player than D Wade? No. Okay. I think I think D Wade had a better career for sure. I think I think Paul Pierce can make an argument though that he was a more skilled player. 
I think D Wade has him in a lot of the like the, the fact that makes him such a better defender. All the shot blocks, you know, the fact that he could get to the rim. And don't get me wrong, Paul Pierce was sneaky athletic as well. He's got he's got some 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 good things as well. But I think D Wade is definitely more athletic. I think he's definitely a. I think he had a better career, and I think uh, he probably is a better player. But I feel like if Paul Pierce would have just worded his argument a little bit better, a lot better. Yeah, I think, I think <laughs> he, I think he could have got a couple more people to join his side. You know, like when people start to debate stuff, you yeah. might, you might be able to sway a couple people in the room. Yeah. If he would have changed his argument, he could have got some, some more. He just needed to change like his tone. He was a little too cocky. And a little, yeah, a little bit. He sounded like, salty. He was yeah. like, "Come on, I'm bet like that's obvious." <laughs> like it wasn't oh, a no. question. Yeah, I'm like, I'm better than Wade. Like what? <laughs> I think, yeah, I think he could have definitely came at that whole argument a little yeah. bit better. But you also yeah. got to think, like, isn't isn't the segment that he talked about that called the nasty truth or the hard truth or something like that? The truth the, serum. The truth serum or something like that? Mm-hmm. Okay, I like, my, I like my names better, but. But that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was saying they should change that. But <laughs> that might be, like, his persona. Maybe like, maybe, like, he's supposed to go that hard. You know what I mean? For the TV. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't have. <laughs> Again, that, that's why I feel bad because I feel like he was just trying to like say something that was kind of like oh like let me be like a soundbite just to kind of like get some relevance a little bit kind of oh, like throw a hot take out there yeah like, people were talking about it, it that's for sure but I, I don't know I feel like it went a little too hard I mean, it's coming from the biggest that's, D-Wade homer that's ESPN's fault because they just set him up <laughs> yeah that's true case. look Paul we're going to need you to go, uh, go out on a limb here alright <laughs> say you're better than D-Wade we, we know you're not better but <laughs> I know it you know it everyone knows like, it ESPN in the back room. See like, what we can get from this. See where it goes. <laughs> see if it gains any traction. We'll see. <laughs> so, like, talking about, like, best players, there's been, like, an argument that, um, well, not an argument, but a lot of statements talking about who the best player in the NBA is. And I've been hearing, like, like with the MVP talk, James Harden and Giannis come up a lot. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, do y'all believe that they're the best players in the NBA right now? No. Okay. I feel like it depends on like what your what your definition I guess is like for like for if that makes sense. Like if I'm trying to like build a franchise right now, give me Giannis. Like over everybody in the NBA or like in terms of like right now at this point? Yeah. In terms of like longevity, like cuz he's still probably got some good years of, of relevance left. James Harden doesn't play defense that's you know, really that great, so that's kind of a a, a hole in his game there. Defender. He picks his spots to play defense. I, and I think people pick highlights of him not playing defense, and they like. There's a lot they, to pick from, though. It's, I mean, <laughs> but there's a lot of players that we could do that with. LeBron James has has had his fair share. Bad. We we saw that. This yeah, year. like, but again, that's what people are saying players. that this year he's no longer like he's but kind of falling off the top player in the in the world right now because he can't keep that that premier level all the time like he used to. Because he used to be able to turn it on and do it for a whole game well, where he was locked in. Okay, so but my my beef with everything was that. The arguments they were making for Giannis, you can say there's players out there that do it better. Like they they talk about how he can he can score from anywhere. He's at his at his size. Mm-hmm. And then you like, did you forget that we have AD and KD still in the league doing True. the same thing? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I wouldn't say KD is at the. I still think he's in his prime. Like he has a lot more that he can do. So how can somebody like him still be in the league? And then you. are Declaring that Giannis. is is Kevin Durant considered a top tier defender? Uh, he's a pretty good defender. He's he's just as good. I mean, when he's above the average, I would say. But like I'm when like, the Warriors lost Bogut, he became like their rim protector for the most part. Like we've seen a, a huge jump in his blocks per game. Like all yeah. of his defensive stats went up when he went to the Warriors. Um, I think 
I think Kevin Gar I mean Kevin Durant is just as good of a defender as I mean, there's guys that a lot of guys get this defensive label and because they can't do anything else. Like Cephalosha. I'm talking about. Yeah, there are some guys who are like, guys. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Then there's yeah. guys like then there's guys who have shown that they can lock up like that and then they play really good offensively as well. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, right. um, you know what I mean? But those are guys who I would say like are like premier offensive talents who are also premier defenders. Yeah, but their offense is... But those two guys' offense is not even on the same page as Kevin Durant. Okay. I would would agree with that. You know what I mean? Like, So, I feel like, yes, defense is important, but I'm not going to say that Paul George is better than Kevin Durant just because he may be a slightly better defender, or he may may have... He may be played with the task of guarding people more than Kevin Durant is. Right, but if what I'm asking is like if like let's say you need to compete every year for the next 5 years, who are you picking? Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. Without a question. 5 so? years. He's a 7-foot shooting guard. <laughs> like, <laughs> no question. I'm going you he I don't even think he reached his peak yet. I still think he could get better. So I if think you're he's talking, being lazy right now. Well, better and where though. And he doesn't and he's you don't see it because he doesn't have to do all that with the team he's on. But five years, I definitely think KD, and I, I don't like the argument that like just because Giannis is he's a, f- a fresh face, he's now um, coming up. Like we still need to see what he does in the playoffs. Also, true, true. So before you say, I understand the MVP race for this season, but before you start saying that he's the best player in the league now, because that argument is around there. Like who's the best player in the league? They seem I, to I will say that if Giannis could develop like an outside shooting game that's like reliable, where he shoots from like outside the arc, like over thirty percent, that guy's going to be a force to be reckoned that's with. That's what we feel. But like, that's yeah. what's so tough about Durant. Yeah, is it like what, what like are you? That. But not just that. What are you saying? If he does this, then he'll like we all have this. Right. If Giannis does this, he'll be better. If Russell ever developed a three, Russell Westbrook will be. You know, if Steph Curry was athletic, what are we? What are we asking Durant to do other than brush his hair? Nothing. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. All around, yeah. Like I would say all was, around. He's got yeah. And, and did you see? And I only bring that up because did you see what he what his comment was? He was he was asked about his hair, and he was like, um, "Wait, why do I need it?" No, nah, he was like, uh, "It was either good hair or the ability to pull up from thirty feet." Oh, <laughs> <And> clearly, <laughs> you see which one I chose. Like, I like the fact, like, I'm LeBron James can have it all with hair plugs, man. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's also important what what your definition of MVP is. Is it the best player? Is it the most viable to his team? Right, because that team I mean? is not that team in Milwaukee is not the same without Giannis. Like, no, it's not. Yeah, like, like the, the, the Rockets are still making the playoffs. I think with Chris Paul and some of the guys that have well, yeah, Chris Paul was injured too much this but year. I'm they saying like, made it this year like in terms of like, just like as a team, that may not, like maybe not this year because of injuries. But I'm saying like if you just take the roster the way it's currently constructed, you take James Harden off of it, all the guys are healthy. That team makes the playoffs. In the West, I don't. I really don't think they do. Not even as like a seven or eight seed. What without who? Without James Harden, I really don't know what they do. Is Be- it? Because we've seen Chris Paul with with slightly better teams in this struggle in the playoffs. So I'm not sure that they would make the playoffs. I mean, his second best player would be Clint Capella, who's a who's a dog. He's a great center. I, he's on my fantasy team, so right. I appreciate you. <laughs> but other than Chris Paul and Clint Capella, I don't really. I see what you're saying. Though. Don't I, get me wrong. It's still a better roster than 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 the Bucks. The Bucks, yeah, for sure. I still think they'll still make playoffs. In the West, you think so? Well, Chris Paul, if Chris Paul can have a healthy season, they can make the playoffs. Because doesn't facilitate, he makes all his all my thing is like better. What he did That's true. in New Orleans with the Hornets, yeah. like it's really just him. Then you had like a Tyson Chandler, David West. David West was a bucket back but in the day. He was now. a lot younger. Yeah. I was like, David West was nice back in the day now. 
Yeah. Uh, that guy was yeah. a nightmare during the uh, the Pacers <laughs> Heat, you know, rivalry yeah. back in the uh and the Hornets was before 2012, that. 2013. Yeah. No, I, I definitely feel what you're saying. Mm. My argument has always been I think and this is crazy, but I think MVP should really be like who's the most who is the most viable player to their team for that year? Because I think Damian Lillard got snubbed for MVP one year. And I think it was the year that it may have been the first year that James Harden had. May have, I'm not sure when it was. I, I don't have to pull up the exact the exact date, but it was when he had lost Nicholas Batoon, Wesley Matthews, Lamarcus Aldridge, and Lopez. All four of them had left in the same season, and the only guy they brought back playing over 20 minutes per game was CJ McCullough. Yeah. Oh, and he makes he makes the playoffs as a fourth or fifth seed in the West. I forgot what it was that year. You can't tell me Damian Lillard was not the MVP. I mean, he's just underrated. Yeah, so didn't they come out with uh, with something? Uh, I think it was yesterday or today, where like they came out the most overrated, underrated players <laughs> yeah, we in the league. Chris Middleton came in as one of the most uh, underrated. Um, uh, Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday, yeah, and then some of the most overrated, Draymond. I agree People with the Draymond. underrated. First of all, yeah, no doubt. The second, the the overrated. We got to talk about that. Y'all gonna stop disrespecting Russell Westbrook? <laughs> <laughs> I get so upset. So the interesting thing about this was it was voted by the NBA players. So there's no argument of like, oh, the fans don't know what they're talking about. Coaches right. aren't there. They don't know what they're talking about. Uh, these guys that never played before, they don't know. These are your NBA players. So what they I see get these guys from, night in night out. Yeah. yeah. So what I get from that is they just don't like Russell Westbrook. <laughs> I think because because why why else would you make an argument like that saying he's overrated? This is well, that, the whole Pat Staddy thing. I just felt like they Stop look at that. Him. Yeah, the guy averaged three triple doubles. <laughs> you see Pat Staddy? Yeah, Pat Staddy. We're gonna get you good at this and podcast. I shook, I, shook day, I shook my head too. Like, <laughs> I yeah, 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 yeah. I know why, man. Y'all know why, man. Invite him to this party and then y'all treat him like this. We could have kept him moving. But the thing is, I missed it. Like, I'm looking at him in his eye like, yeah, yeah, that's true. I, knew I had to make sure my ears were working on that. You knew what I meant. My I'm point sorry, man. Go, go, ahead with your, go ahead with your point, man. I'm sorry. The crazy thing is, you let somebody speak, and they get on you when you interrupt them. But when you speak, they get cut from you. You see what I'm saying? Like, it be your own people, yo. All right, man. As I was saying, the Pat but I get it. Yeah, correcting me, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, because you got because he's been averaging triple double for the last three seasons, they feel like that's a little like you're killing the whole the whole point of getting a triple double. Like it's not as value as it used to be because now we're seeing you consistently do it, and now we have a problem. <laughs> so now this is why. We're considering you a little overrated because you're doing you, your priorities a little bit different. Yeah, if you're center players. and power forward or clearing out so you can get the rebound as a point guard, but that's but see, and that's where I have an issue that because, is happening, and that's fine. But and now I'm thinking of it as a rebounder, right? Right. So that's the one of the few things I was good at was rebounding. Not, not too much. I see your stat line. It's fine. I go get you some <laughs> rebounds, okay? So my whole thing is, if a big man is boxing me out. To let his center go get, I mean, to let his point guard go get the rebound, I now have a better chance to get an offensive rebound because you're not going to go secure it yourself. So, why aren't opposing big men getting more rebounds? Or why aren't guards following Russell Westbrook in there to get off? My whole thing is if it's that easy and everybody can do it, right? Because pe- plenty of people imitate the Warriors. How many more teams do we see now shooting more threes? So, if, plenty, if teams could do it, 
there's plenty of other athletic point guards that we could be funneling rebounds to, but I, it don't work uh, that way. I think part of that has to do with, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, I think that it's because the, the Thunder have such a high-paced offense that they, they can't afford to sit back and like contest these uh, defensive rebounds and like have another guard run into the uh, into the paint for those defensive rebounds with Russell Westbrook because they need to head on back because they know Paul George is waiting over there to get it going on the other end. Yeah, but Paul, Paul, Paul George's man could go with him. If, if Russell's your man, and, he, and if it, all I'm saying is, I'm not saying that you should change your, your scheme, but if it's so easy and we are funneling and we're giving him rebounds, I agree with Russell. Somebody else go get him. If they're funneling him for you, you go get him. I'm still getting my, I'm still getting 20 plus points. I'm still getting 10 plus assists. And even, even if they're funneling him two or three, he's still getting seven or eight. Sure. On his own. You can't, you can't knock this guy because. Before he did it, the whole argument was, we'll never see another guy average a triple-double. Not for 82 games. It's too long. Like, how many times did we say that? But and you, he's done it for three years. But there are guys out there that can do it. I think with the— So why don't they? I, let me, I'm going to tell you why. All I right. think the knock on Russell Westbrook is that he puts priority in, in getting these stats and getting these triple-doubles over actually Pat's winning. That's why I said Yeah. I don't believe exactly that. Why I, said. Exactly, I don't believe I, that. I feel like he comes into the game like, I'm going to get this— like, I'm going to average this triple-double rather than— and it's showing in when where their team ends up every year, like how, how they how they end up in the postseason. I think there's people out there, LeBron James one, that if they just went out and just said, I'm going to get a triple-double every night, there's a couple people out there that could do it. Right. But they have priorities where, you know, instead of going out there getting all these rebounds, maybe I need to get other people involved because if my guy is never touching, maybe if my guy is never touching the ball, on rebounds hit that might mess with his psyche. So if you're thinking about other people's priorities also in your team's priorities, you're not gonna go out there trying to get a triple I, double. I, I, I see what you're saying. That's yeah. Go ahead. I'm gonna let everybody else. Yeah, talk. honestly, this is how I see it. I think what Russell Westbrook is doing is he's exploiting the league. We're in the new generation now where this league does not play defense. Nobody boxes out, nobody guards in man. Like everybody's getting easy buckets. So you could that's why you see so many guys like LeBron, James Harden even Giannis, they average like 27, 8, 8, 8, 9, 8. Like, you, it's a trend. So, like, Westbrook is just showing that it's really easy to average the triple double all season. We really just focus on it. And then you can see the lack of defense that's being shown in the league this year. Because no, nobody's doing that in the early 2000s, nobody doing that in the 90s. When Oscar Robinson did that, that was so rare because. He was that talented to do it in a league where nobody was playing defense. Now Russell Westbrook can just do it every year because nobody's do- playing defense. But but not playing defense would be okay. And and this is just be my piggyback because I, I I I'm gonna defend Russ to the death of me. I I like what Russ does. The passion that he play with, the fact that he, yeah, it doesn't always lead to the best. And you you know you talk about okay, but look where it's gotten his teams. Okay, look where the Toronto Raptors have been every single year. Look at all these other teams. There's only going to be one team that wins it. So we can't say just because you're not winning, you don't care about your team. I don't think him going for triple doubles, him going for him working hard, him attacking the glass is harming his team. I don't think that's where it comes into play. I don't think he's I don't think he's causing a disservice to his team. If he's going to go get the rebound and he's pushing the break, now we got one of our best passers with the ball on a fast break. How is this bad for us? I don't I just don't see how him trying to, even if he was padding stats, even if he was going for them, 
I don't see how that's harming the team. I think it's harming because of the not because of the actual act of doing it. I think it's the mentality that you have. Like when you come into the game saying I'm gonna get mines. But do you know he says that? I'm I'm just saying when you have that mentality, like you've played you played basketball before. You know when guys are going on the court to try to to get a certain stat line. Yeah, I can feel that. So when you if you have a guy that's constantly doing that and now you know the whole league knows that they're paying attention, they're they're rooting for him to get that triple double. Now it's kind of like uh, you got guys questioning, all right, is he doing that? Even if he's not, they got guys questioning, is he is he just doing this for his stats and stuff? And I think that mental aspect is affecting the teams that he's on. Main reason why KD left, some some things he didn't never said in the media, but co- people kind of knew. But from his burner Twitter account, he mentioned it. Right, because Russell is defi- <laughs> definitely talented enough to have KD stay on that team, but for reasons why, it's more of a mental thing. Like, you know, Russ seems like the type of guy that's like, I'm going to get mines. And like you can't you can't say that he's not playing hard. You can never make that argument. So technically, you you can't like put him down for that. But I think having that mentality affects people in a different way. But having other people think that I'm doing something should never affect me or my teammates because my teammates know my passion. No, I'm talking so about I, his teammates. That I know, but hold on. I don't I don't think he has teammates like that. because think about this. For one, you want to talk about Ke- Kevin Durant that leaves. That's fair. But let's talk about Paul George who decides to stay. Let's talk about Paul George who says instead of going to the Lakers. And playing with LeBron, I want to stay with Russ because I like what Russ is doing here. Let's talk about mm. let's talk about the guys who were were blaming on funneling rebounds to him. You mean to tell me I'm a center and I have a contract that I have to fulfill and I and I get I get uh, bonuses for hitting certain stats, making first team, making All Star, and you mean to tell me I'm going to give a rebound for a guy that I don't like? Obviously, he's won the respect of his room, even if people are funneling, he has to have them on his side. So now I know I'm working hard. My team knows I'm working hard. I don't care what none of the outsiders say. I don't care if people think that I'm I'm, I'm trying to go for triple doubles. My team know why I'm here, and my team is helping me get here. I don't think that's OKC's problem whatsoever. I'm sure he understands, like, the outsiders' opinions doesn't really matter to him, but you got to go with this. The OKC team that came into the season, their expectations were – they were going to be a top three team in the Western Conference. They're going to make a deep playoff run, and they're going to make some noise, period. I look at OKC now. Right now, they're in the bottom of the West. They're barely getting into the playoffs. And what I see is, as a leader, you I feel like you should see what's wrong with this picture, and you need to make some changes. And the fact that we've seen this from OKC and that whole entire team, the last, like ever since KD left, Westbrook has to check himself and say, okay, maybe what I'm doing is not working. I need to go back to the lab and figure out how can I change this. And the problem is nobody on that team checks Westbrook. You think I'm going to go to practice. If I'm Steven Adams or Paul George, Gr- Grant, well, besides Paul George, the other guy, Grant, or even Paul George, yeah, sure. You think I'm going to practice and check Westbrook and say, yo, I think you need to do this differently or that. Westbrook always has this angry face. He always has this mentality where it's like, yo, like, don't tell me what to do. I know what I'm doing. I don't get. And nobody does it. Nobody gets in front of him. Even the coach won't even get in front of his face. So I think I think that's the problem with that whole mentality and his stats, you know, just piling up, averaging triple-double. Like, the priority is not there. And that's why John said earlier, I feel like as a leader, he's need, he needs to change what he's doing on the floor every other night because we're seeing the same results every year. But nobody wants to say anything. It's only been Westbrook, so many teams but, to win, though. <laughs> but Westbrook has this no f given mentality. 
but there's only been certain amount of le- yeah. there's only been a few winners this year anyway. Mm-hmm. So that means we getting the same result from 29 <laughs> from 30 other teams because the only people winning is the Warriors and the Cavs and the Heat in the past couple years. So yeah. that means there's a lot of people that need to change. It's not just Russell. And if you need to change, you might as well average a triple double until you do. That's fair. All right. <laughs> Speaking of guys who are not team players, we got to move on to the next topic. Yeah. <clears throat> Speaking of non-team players, have you guys been uh, following this uh, Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster beef that's kind of uh, developed on on Twitter? I caught the tail end of it. Yeah. So apparently they've been going at it back and forth, and you know, uh, Bobby, you had mentioned something about a tweet that that Juju made. Um, after Antonio Brown had said something about Ben Roethlisberger not being the the great teammate everyone thinks he is. Yeah, when uh, I think it was right after Antonio Brown actually was just on the shot, LeBron's uh, show, uh, he had made comments about Ben Roethlisberger not wanting to take the blame, giving him some bad throws on, on some of his routes and blaming him and how he's not the best team player. And Juju had came out and uh, he had tweeted, I was so blessed to enter the league and play with a Hall of Fame QB as a 20-year-old. Ben has taught me so much. He's a true leader, and I can't wait to rock with my guy this season. And I think that, in my opinion, is is what started the little humbug. What, what's a, what's an old word? What 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 do old people use to say uh, arguments? Uh, hullabaloo. Hullabaloo. That's a good one. We'll go with hullabaloo. Okay. That's what started all this ruckus. There it is. That's what started all this ruckus. And I think because after he had tweeted that, um, Antonio Brown came back out and tweeted about how, you know, people will do anything when they when they're still chasing that that big contract. They'll say or do anything. Don't let don't let the league corrupt you or stuff like that, which I was all bored. I was all on board. It's starting to get a little too far between the two. Now I'm starting to feel bad for the young for the young boy Juju. I was with AB, but now I'm like starting to turn sad. Yeah, it's like a little bit. you may be going too far. He's a, he's a young kid. Relax. Yeah. So yeah. Antonio Brown tweeted this, and I thought this is kind of over the line, you know, because all these guys they're out there trying their hardest, you know, at least most of the guys you think in in the NFL. And 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 Juju Smith Schuster hasn't given you anything to to suggest that he's not trying his hardest when he's when he's going out there. But Antonio Brown tweeted this in response to the Week 17 loss that they had. I don't know if you guys uh, remember when Juju Smith Schuster kind of you know kind of cost them the game. I think um, I think they're playing the Falcons, and he fumbled the ball mm-hmm. um, on that possession that would have been the you know, they were on a roll. They were driving down the field, and they were like close to like the thirty yard, like the opposing thirty yard line, yeah. looking to score. And uh, and Juju Smith Schuster fumbled the ball. So Antonio Brown called him out here. Um, and this was uh, April seventh at uh, two ten p.m. Emotion boy fumbled the whole postseason in the biggest game of the year. Everyone went blind, too busy making guys famous. Not enough reality these days. By the way, check the list. I guess in response to someone saying, you know, Antonio Brown was, at least he didn't quit on the team because Antonio Brown didn't play that week 17 game uh, against the Browns. So they've been going back and forth and Juju Smith-Schuster saying, all I, uh, all I ever did was show that man love and respect from the moment I got to the league. I was genuinely happy for him too when he got traded to Oakland with a big contract and now he takes shots at me on social media. That was about an hour afterwards on April the uh, the 7th. Uh, crazy how big that ego got to uh, to be to take shots at people who show you love shaking my head. And then <laughs> uh, Antonio Brown posted a screenshot, I guess, of a conversation that Juju had with him through, I, I, it looks it like it's DM. Instagram. Yeah, an yeah. Instagram DM. 
Um, basically saying, uh, what's up, AB? I'm a receiver at the University of Southern California. I appreciate all your work. Uh, you're a great man on and off the field. Do you have any tips that can help take my game to the next level? Thanks, man. And I guess AB like thought it would be like a diss if he posted the screenshot. But Did he it, put a caption with that screenshot? It looks like it. I mean, from what I could tell, it looks like it's just uh, just without question. I mean, I mean, yeah, go so ahead and like, take a look what, out here. Like, what? Are, while you're looking at that, what are you saying by posting that picture? I, I think from the very beginning, I think AB's beef should have been with fans or people on Twitter who have been responding and calling and saying that he quit on the team. Or even if you had a problem with with Ben Roethlisberger, you're fully entitled to have a problem with a teammate. I mean, not everyone gets along all the time. You can have your own your own feelings. Right. But I don't see where Juju comes into the <laughs> Into this, and I think this, I think this may be a good segue for the next discussion that we'll get to as well. But I think, in my eyes, this is this is how I see Antonio Brown having an issue. He goes on the shop, talks publicly about Ben Roethlisberger, right. who's not a good teammate of his. Mm-hmm. He has he has an opinion. At, wait, hold on. At that point, was he still with the Stills or was he? No, no, he was already like he had already said that he needed a trade, and I okay. think it was yeah. before he actually got traded. But like, okay, I think it was a couple, yeah, a little bit before, right before he got the announcement came. Okay, but after that, and if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, after that was when um, Juju tweets that out saying about how good of a teammate Ben Roethlisberger is, almost like discrediting something that I I brought to the public's eye. Right. So in my eyes, it kind of looks like, and, I'm, and like I said, this probably be a great segue for. Another topic that we have today, mm. but it's almost like Antonio Brown sees it as I'm trying to I'm trying to give light to the public, let them know everything is not good behind closed doors, and now you're almost discrediting. Like you're 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 making a fool of my statement almost. It's like it's like you and you know he he probably feels like you see me say this. Like if you would have tweeted this a couple of days before, they probably would never beef. But since since I made my statement and now you making this statement, it's like now I gotta check you because you're you're almost. Saying you almost called me a liar. But he didn't check him though. <laughs> like he his, did. Also, he's trying to preserve preserve the locker room. Like that's. I mean, that's a that's a exactly. He's trying move. to do like, what he's trying to do for his locker room, and I respect right. that. But I just feel yeah. like that's. I'm not, I'm just. I'm saying, this is where I think Antonio's Brown mind is. Yeah. This I'm trying to locate it for I, us, and I think this is <laughs> yeah. maybe this is a treasure map to Antonio Brown's. I think, I think yeah. yeah. I think your your um your argument is valid when you have two people that are like that are good friends. So if me and you uh, go through three years of college and then um, I leave and talk about how the coach did me dirty and then you come out with a tweet saying, you know, I love I love our coach. He does everything for us. Then I'm going to look at you like, hey, we got a personal relationship. Even if you want to say that now, like don't say it in public because you know how, you know, we probably had conversations in the past, but I don't think their relationship was strong enough to where he needed to get his ego in the way and get upset about somebody standing up for somebody who's still his teammate at this point. And still going to throw him the ball. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> He's that ball. No, no, no. I definitely so, agree. I agree. I, I just don't think their relationship was that much to where he had to go out and do that. And then if you are going to respond to that, um, I think your argument should be stronger than a screenshot of a guy praising you yeah. throughout the, the whole process. Exactly. Uh, and going and going back to that, I found the caption. It's literally just dot, 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 dot. Mike, like microphone, hashtag on to the next. So now, are like, you sure that that's how many dots he used? Because we, I'm we need pretty to be sure it looks like six, maybe seven. They're small together, man. Okay, not bad eyesight. Hold on. I'm just, Hold I mean, I just, I, I just don't want to put any, any, any words in Antonio Brown's mouth. No, I don't want to say he says something he did. Several say. dots. Okay, okay. A non-discriminate amount of dots. A microphone and then hashtag on. All right, we okay. appreciate that. Thank you. It's the journalistic integrity people yes, come to somewhat sports. It's important. It really is. 
Anyway, speaking of uh, integrity, um, something that I thought was a, was a real integrity move, and this is something I wanted to talk about. There's an article, I guess, you know, I mean, I don't know really, it's not really an article, I guess it's more of a, an opinion column, an editorial letter to the editor kind of thing, whatever the Players' Tribune is. Right. Um, I'm not really sure how to qualify, you know, that journalism as like a, as a branch or whatever. Um, but uh, Kyle Corver had a really good piece in it. And I thought it was very um, poignant, especially with everything that's been going on, um, just in the country in general. You know, I feel like a lot of people think that the the divide um, between you know races is is kind of bigger than it has been, you know, in in a long time. And with the whole stuff going on with Russell Westbrook and that fan uh, when they played Cal uh, Corver's Utah Jazz. Uh, a couple weeks back, and you know that, that whole exchange where everyone like was really quick to defend the fan and saying, "Oh, the player shouldn't do that," and then all of a sudden it came out that like the fan may have been like pretty racist during the whole thing. And it's like, okay, like maybe not. Then maybe let's not take uh, Russell Westbrook or uh, let's not take the fan side on this too quickly. Anyways, Cal Corver uh, goes in, into this whole thing about just race relations in America, and I thought it was was really was really well written and. Let me just read an excerpt here for you. Uh, what I'm realizing is, I'm quoting from the article here. What I'm realizing is, no matter how passionately I commit to being an ally and no matter how unwavering my support is for NBA and WNBA players of color, I'm still in this conversation from the privileged perspective of opting into it, which of course means that on the flip side, I could just as easily opt out of it. Every day, I'm given that choice. I'm granted that privilege based on the color of my skin. In other words, I can say everything right in the world. I can voice my solidarity with Russ after what happened in Utah. I can evolve my position on what happened to Tabo, talking about uh, Tabo Cephalosha and his incident with uh, the New York Police Department a couple mm-hmm. years back. Uh, I can be that weird dude in Get Out bragging about how he'd have voted for Obama for a third term. I can condemn every racist heckler I've ever known, but I could also fade into the crowd and my face can blend in with the faces of those hecklers anytime I want. And I realize that now, and maybe in years past, just realizing something would have felt like progress, but it's not years past, it's today, and I know I have to do better, so I'm trying to push myself further. And this is the kind of thing that I think might help a lot of people who are on the outside looking in on a lot of these issues, kind of bring to light, like, listen, like, it's one thing to say hey i'm cool i recognize that racism's a thing like right but that's not enough you can't just say like the kkk suck that's not like that's not going to solve anything there's there's a lot more that needs to be done in that regard and i feel like i think that cal corver does a really good job of bringing a lot of that to light and putting it in a way that people who come from a privileged position can understand right well i i love what cal corver is doing because like we talked about earlier People, we constantly hear a lot of black athletes talk about these issues. And as a black athlete, you're nothing more than that. You know what I mean? You're just a black athlete. So we hear what you're talking about, but it's like it's thrown in the back. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so when we were talking about this earlier, I used a metaphor as well. It's, it's almost like Kyle Corver is acting as a translator. You know what I mean? If someone who came in speaking a foreign language was talking to me, I have no idea what they're talking about. I see them. I see that they're upset. I can read on their frustration. I can see their facial expressions. They're upset. You know, I get that, but I don't know what they're really telling me because it doesn't make sense to me. So what Kyle Korver is almost doing is he is translating the issues that black athletes are going to, and he's translating them to white America. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's 
and the white athletes who get on board with black athletes and athletes of color, because um, it's not just black athletes. You know, we have there's plenty of other Hispanics. Um, you know. Who who go through things? Yeah, Asian Americans, whatever. Of course, yeah. but what but what Cal Culver is doing here is he's hearing what happened to Russell Westbrook, what happened to Thabo, and he's now translating it to white America so that now it's coming to a voice that they recognize. It's 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 easy to understand for them, and it's like, and we need more of that because, like I said, a black athlete is nothing more than a black athlete. You're complaining to to, to white America, right? And, in so many in so many ways, so I think it's dope for him to get out there to use his voice to translate and let and let people hear that it's not just the black athletes that's complaining. I see it too. I recognize it, and we need to be better. So, shout out Kyle Corver for that. Yeah, so I mean, like I I agree with you and I disagree with you at the same time because he he's yes he is doing a good thing by speaking out, but I don't look at it as like a translator because. Kyle Culver is basically saying the stuff that the black athletes are already saying. Like he's not when when people like LeBron James and other ambassadors in the NBA speak out, they're not really speaking a foreign language. What they they say in simple terms, you know, what needs to be done. And when Kyle Culver says it, I don't think it's too much of a difference. I think where the impact comes with him is he's a person who technically how he mentioned he has that privilege to not say anything. He says, I don't have to say anything. I can say anything and I'm choosing to say anything. And I think that impact is great that he's choosing to say something because you got a guy on the middle of the fence who can stay there and doesn't technically have to say anything. But when he does, it's a, it's a huge impact. And then you think about like presidential elections, they who they always say, uh, how do they always say you win your election by getting the person who's on the fence to to come over? Right. You'll never a conservative will never convince a liberal to come to the other side. But those guys who are kind of on the fence, almost right, like the moderates, how, yeah, yeah, almost like how Trump won um, the election when he ran. You got people who are on the fence who don't know by stuff in the ballots. <laughs> no, but, but his, I think, I think his strategy going in was I'm not going to convince those people on the far side of what I want to do. No, but no. the people who are, who may be going both ways, who are not sure, I'm going to direct everything towards them. That's why people look at them. It's like, you wouldn't go for the big states and get these big wins? No, I'm going to go for those people in the middle of the country who have small problems and don't know which side to go to. I'm going to get them on my side. So in Kyle Corver's case, you have somebody in the middle who can be quiet or doesn't say anything. So when he speaks out, I think that's where the, the impact comes on um, what kind of decisions are being made and how everybody moves forward. And it may have been a bad metaphor. I didn't mean it like he was saying like a new thing. I just meant like he's making it easier for people to understand who may not get the message that the black that that, black athletes are sending. Like I feel like I feel like a lot of white Americans don't listen to LeBron James because he doesn't look like them or they feel like he's just complaining. So I, I, I really meant like he's translating it in a way he's basically just more like more than likely a white man is more likely to listen to a white man. Just like a black man is more likely to listen to a black you, man. Do you think Kyle Cora has that big platform with white America? In Kim Utah, Alyssa? they love him. I can't. Uh, yeah, but it's more than yeah. Utah. But no, my no, no. thing is, it's like <laughs> Kyle Corver. Like, like, yeah, it's good to hear from a white man. But Kyle Corver is not like up there with like. He's not a star. He's not yeah, like Tom he's not Brady. A star. He's not, yeah, I mean, like, for, I for the NBA, the, he's 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 like, a name. Yeah, he's, he's a name. He's a big name. He was also Kyle Corver was Rookie of the Year. But he's not. Like, let's not. Let's, but he's not a big sports name. 
Like I want to hear that from a like a Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but the first one is never the first one is never the powerhouse. The first mm-hmm. one is the guy who uses his voice and steps up. And now maybe he will maybe he will entice a Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers to go, you know what? Let me go ahead and do what I need to do as a white athlete as well. I agree with you. Right. We need bigger names. But they're not because they Trump supporters. Yeah, that's true. Tom no. Brady did get the MAGA hat. <laughs> Well, not all it. of them are. But I saw it in the I locker room. <laughs> even the ones who are not Trump supporters and aren't speaking out, I think you're still doing a disservice to whatever cause you're fighting for by not saying anything. And I think Kyle Culver bringing this up just kind of gives more importance to the fact that, you know, that, that is something that you um, you need to do. Because no matter how many black athletes step up and say something, I don't think that change is going to come until, you know, we have people from the other side or people wavering over the fence making that decision. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm reminded of this of this letter from Birmingham Jail that Martin Luther King wrote, I would say a couple of years ago, but it is a lot more than a couple of years ago. I must make two honest confessions to you, my Christian and Jewish brothers. First, I must confess that over the past few years, I've been gravely disappointed with the white moderate. I've almost reached the regrettable conclusion that the Negro's great stumbling block in his stride towards freedom is not the white citizens counselor or the Ku Klux Klan, uh, but the white moderate, who is more devoted to order than to justice, who prefers a negative peace, which is the absence of tension, to a positive peace, which is the presence of justice, who constantly says, I agree with you in the goal you seek, but I cannot agree with your, meso- with your methods of direct action, who paternalistically believes he can set the timetable for another man's freedom, who lives by a mythical concept of time, and who constantly advises the Negro to wait for a more convenient season. Shallow understanding from people of goodwill is more frustrating than absolute misunderstanding from people of ill will. Lukewarm uh, acceptance is much more bewildering than outright rejection. And I think that it still holds true today. I mean, because he said this in, I think it was 1963, he said this, and it's still true today, where, you know, a lot of the the issues and that uh, that Cal Corver even brings up in in this piece that he wrote, um, uh, the fact that black Americans are more than five times as likely to be incarcerated as white Americans, the fact that black Americans are more than twice as likely to live in poverty as white Americans, the fact that black unemployment rates nationally are double that of overall unemployment rates, the fact that black imprisonment rates rates for drug charges are almost six times higher nationally than white imprisonment rates for drug charges, the fact that black Americans own approximately one-tenth of the wealth that white Americans own is wrong. You know, and that's the thing. It's it's easy to, to keep things the way they are and say, oh, like maybe we shouldn't like, you know, disrupt the system. But that's easy to say when the system is working for you. Right. You know, and when you have someone who the system is working for them, you know, and Kyle Corver being a, a, a white person, it means, I think, m- more to people who come from the same background when someone who they have that they share that same privilege says something about it says listen guys like we need to do something about what's going on here right and that's why i think it's important that more people come out and say that right you know and like you said it needs to be more people who have you know more more clout more you know more fame and poo people you know i mean (laughs) when tom brady says something the people of boston take it as the word of god itself sometimes right you know i mean and and when you when you have you know of course the dominoes need to fall you know one day it's you know Kyle Corver, maybe another day it's you know a, a, a more you know prominent you know more star studded you know superpower you know, superpower superstar athlete or it doesn't even need to be necessarily an athlete if it's an actor or whatever people of, of high esteem who people view and say like people 
with a platform where people look at and say, you know what? I've always liked this person. Maybe I should listen to what the heck they're saying. Right. You know, and someone that, that, that reminds people of a background that they're familiar with. That's why um, I would translate, like this whole argument can be translated to any issue you have. Um, more specifically, when you talk about the WNBA players wanting to get paid more, no matter how much they scream about it and go on platforms and talk about it, right. people are, you know, they're going to feel a certain way about it. But until some... Now, when Kobe Bryant says something about it, they're like, all right, maybe we should look into this. And then you get other NBA players stepping up because these are guys who are privileged to already have the pay that they want, and they don't need to say anything. But when you have people stepping out to say, hey, these girls are playing, they should be getting paid more. Right. Now people are looking, and they're saying the same thing that the girls have been saying, but now that they, someone who's in a more privileged uh, position mm-hmm. comes out and says that, I think that has a huge impact. So, Absolutely. No, I, I would agree with that. That's um, I would agree with that as well. I think the only way you can get people to start thinking like the minority is if you get the mindset from the majority. You know what I mean? Like, or the people who are in control. So, like, they will never. All they, all they. The only way they think is the way what they're accustomed to. So until they start to to really understand how the, those other people feel, you're never going to get a shift because. They were the majority. You like the, can we, can you we like the quote, man. Yeah. I want to say it again. I, I, I don't even know what I said. The majority, man. Tattooing <laughs> that's on my body tomorrow, bro. But I, and, I, and I'm glad you really vibe with that because earlier I had said something I slipped up and I called uh, Kyle Corver the rookie of the year. That was Mike Miller. I got my white boys mixed up, so I apologize. So, <laughs> Speaking so, on behalf of the white community, me, we forgive you. Yeah, if you, it's confuse, okay. if you confuse me for John Williams one time, we'll call it even because I had that's, mixed them up. So. I don't think I could ever do that. Uh, you make the mistake, it's cool. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Anyways, so uh, yeah, we are uh, firmly over an hour into yeah. this bad boy, and uh, I think that's a good place to end it. <laughs> what do you guys think? You guys have anything else that you would like to add before we wrap it up? I got one. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Real quick. Um, Let me tell you something. Let me tell you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Before we wrap up, I got to tell you, of course, we got to plug the social medias here. Please give us a follow on Twitter at Somewhat Sports, on Instagram also at Somewhat Sports. Uh, again, we have our, our email line always open if you'd like to uh, send us a question, a show topic. You know, don't don't feel like it has to be ne- uh, necessarily sports related. You know, we're going to do a whole mailbag segment where we can answer your questions. You got any dating questions? You know, you got some girl problems or something oh, like that, man. guy problems, whatever oh. it is. Okay, send us a, drop us a line. We'll be happy to, to talk about here in the podcast you know anonymity of course is is paramount if, if you'd like it you know? i don't know what he just said but we we, we won't disclose who you are exactly we're, we're, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what he should have said <laughs> sorry we'll keep it a secret if Talking you need the <laughs> <laughs> all right nemo <laughs> Although what Nemo has to do yeah thank you oh that's what Oh, you was doing okay. Oh. Yeah, Dang, over my head, I didn't even think it was possible. It's a, I, I know, just that's shot a head. Yeah, you should. I should. We was doing too many, too much passing. It was. My, I apologize. <laughs> Anyways, you can follow me on uh, on Twitter and Instagram at John Dennis Radio, Bobby. Uh, y'all know bubs. Y'all Damn. know bubs on Twitter and uh, Bubs View on Instagram. <laughs> you know, yeah. something like that. John. That's nice, man. You can find me at um, JL Williams 5 on Instagram. And Xavier. Uh, you can follow me at a tribe called X underscore. And if you're also in the New York area during the Christmas holidays, you should follow Black Christmas underscore because we are a big 
holiday event that we host every year. So Dope. follow that Dope. big time. I haven't been invited yet. I know X and John for a while. Nah, I've never been invited. That's crazy. That's cool. He definitely got the invite. That's so, cool. Oh nah, you see, you see how X was going to say nah, and then John tried to say that I did nah, get the did. invite. It's a little miscommunication cool. over here. It's it was cool. in the group chat, but it's cool. We'll wow. talk about it later. Don't worry. Just, just come through. We DMV area, not too far. Hey, I got my plug. I'm cool. Thank you. <laughs> I'm still waiting for my invite. It's fun. Oh, this is awkward. <laughs> I'm half Dominican. That counts for something, right? No? Yeah, man. No, we don't. No, it's, it's not it's a race. Whoa, it's not a race. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wow. Why would you say that, John? Wow. I thought it was a Black Christmas. I thought that was the whole thing. It's, a it's not black, your color. It's a formal black tie affair. Yeah, is whoa. That what it is? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's just the color of the yeah. Wow. <laughs> Damn. I feel insensitive wow. now. Yeah, that's a little. <laughs> wow. We just talked about Kyle Cole, man. And here you go with does this that, Does that forgive it? Is that. <laughs> that's your past. There you go. Yes. The Mike Miller. Cal Corver, now you're you're forgiven. This might be you guys. All right. I'm sorry about that. Clean Anyways. slate, zero, zero. What are you doing? John, you need to come through too, okay? I got you. I appreciate that. That means a lot. Anyways, so uh, yeah, give my boy a follow here. And um, that'll do it for another episode of Somewhat Sports. Episode 13 in the books. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you next week.